0: Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome back to the Ilm Feed podcast with your host Shabir Hassan. Uh, we're back with another episode today with another international guest joining us from the other side of the pond, as they say, from the US. Uh, graduate from Medina University. You've probably seen him uh, delivering a course at Al Maghrib Institute. Uh, mashallah, one of the coolest sheikhs around. We have with us. Sheikh Saad, taslim, assalamu alaykum, alaikum
1: Wa assalam, I'm always like very curious to hear like how I'm going to be introduced. Okay, was did that meet meet your
0: expectations? Yeah, yeah, it's, cool. it's all cool
1: with me. I just it's it's very interesting to me like the different perceptions people have of me, and that's okay. usually reflected in the in the intro. So if like people are trying to attract like a younger crowd, they'd be like, oh, cool, young hip hip shit, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And if they're trying to attract like more of like a student of knowledge type of crowd, they would like graduate of Medina from Sharia <laughs> or whatever. So you have like a nice balance.
0: Nice balance, mashallah. Yeah, we have mashallah, our Ilm feed family is global. So alhamdulillah, we've got uh we've got listeners and viewers all across the world, mashallah, that are excited to to listen to this podcast. Um thank you so much firstly for joining us. Thank you for um, having me. Good to be here. And and we, we were just saying like, you know, because of like everything that's going down right now, positive is that we get to connect with like guests from all all across the world. Um and the the first question that I've been asking everyone, like especially since like lockdown and COVID, is like how have you been getting on? Like how has life been? Everything's just changed, right? So how's how's everything going with you Sheikh
1: yeah, so things are going well. Alhamdulillah. I honestly, have nothing to complain about. Um, it is different. It's, it's you know definitely it's very different. Um, yeah. I think the first four months, five months, I was like set. I was like really good. Um, yeah. I identify as an introvert, so this is like wonderful <laughs> for me. Um, I had I had been traveling uh, for since two thousand twelve is when I started. Uh, lecturing and teaching and stuff and so since 2012 I had just been like traveling a lot and so yeah. it was like a nice break from all of that um, but I think now it's reached a point where I am feeling like the the difference yeah. and so you know I'm I'm still okay alhamdulillah uh, but now I'm beginning mm-hmm. to really feel like you know the quarantine like being in one place for such yeah. a long time
0: no I I can definitely relate and I think we're I think to be honest we're all in the same boat now like, it was, it was it was, okay. I think we got by. And then I think now, especially, like, I don't know how it, it is exactly going down in the US, but in the UK, it's just a mess right now <laughs> with everything that's Sorry. happening. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's crazy. But alhamdulillah, um, we still have many things to, to look forward to. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, today, hopefully, we're going to have a nice, interesting conversation uh, on the podcast. Um, and I guess a lot of it is going to come down to stuff that you've actually been talking about quite a lot and you've even been delivering like seminars on this topic and I don't think from like the podcast that we've covered so far we haven't really covered this topic of like going down the line of like fashion uh which is you know some some people might say that's that's a bit of a strange topic to discuss with a sheikh you know like yeah when do you ever discuss fashion with a with a sheikh but no I mean why not, you know? And uh, I guess with yourself, like, like I said, something that you've discussed, and you've even, I believe, got your own like clothing line as well, like St. Collection, and all of that <laughs> going on, which is great. Um, so let's let's just start with that, since a lot of people might be curious, you know, like Muslim and fashion, and you know, like, do Muslims really have time for that kind of stuff? And is that the kind of stuff that we do? So yeah, let's just start with that. What are your th- thoughts on that, as as kind of like an intro?
1: Okay, so uh, first of all, I want to dispel a few uh, misconceptions or rumors that people have or have heard. So I teach a seminar called Trends. Uh, That name of the seminar has stayed the same. But the byline (laughs) or like the subtitle of the uh, seminar, initially was called the fiqh of fashion. uh, And that really like threw people off. They're like, oh, what? They're teaching a class on, you know, al-Maghrib teaching a class on fashion now. Like this is like, what's going on? Yeah, And, you know, al-Maghrib mm. is always try to be, like, creative with their names So, you know, when it came to, like, the fiqh of marriage and divorce They call it the fiqh of love mm. um, It's the fiqh of marriage and divorce You can put that, or you can say fiqh of love um, For some people, it's cool to hear the fiqh of love For yeah. some people, it's like, what What? What do you mean? You're going to be talking, like, it's such a strange concept to hear mm. spam and, You know, uh, so likewise with this seminar It's the fiqh of uh, fiqh al-libas It's the fiqh of clothing uh and obviously there's a lot of other things uh that are part of this seminar uh but it's called the fiqh of fashion uh but once again like a lot of people think Annie, i'm gonna come and give fashion advice which is ridiculous like i'm not (laughs) like who am i to give fashion advice and i don't you know my view on fashion whatever um but really it's it's about clothing it's about the fiqh of clothing um Mm -hmm. and then beyond that it's about understanding uh, our boundaries, and uh, when it comes to Islam, the Sharia, and also it's about understanding the role and the place of our culture uh, mm. and our identity as well. So, the, like the big heavy topics are really like culture and, and identity, and that yeah. keeping that in mind, then we get into like the fiqh. You like, can't okay. understand mm-hmm. really, and perhaps we can discuss this a little bit further, but if you really want to get into the halal and haram, you have to have an understanding of. Um, the culture the, and the place you're living in because uh, you yeah. know a lot of people don't know this but a lot of our rulings uh, especially in this department they go back to culture they go back to the ada, the uf uh, and so that's why that had to be discussed uh, in this seminar
0: absolutely and I'm, I'm really glad you actually um, like in, started with that to be honest with you because that does put a lot of things into perspective and um, i guess like you mentioned the word libas and this is, not like, uh, this is not like a strange term. In, even in like hadith collections, you know, there will actually be chapters about libas. Yeah. Um, so, you know, this isn't, uh, you know, w- w- we mentioned the word fashion and trends and stuff like that today, but I guess essentially we are just going back to what has always been discussed really, uh, which is like the fiqh to do with your garments and what you're wearing and all of these kind of principles. So yeah, no, I'm really glad you started with that. So uh, you did mention culture we are mm-hmm. definitely going to discuss like aspects of that today but obviously yeah. within this short kind of conversation there's only so much we can we can discuss yeah. um so talking about culture and clothing and and stuff like that let's let's maybe start with the word like islam um and how you know like as muslims you know we have this idea or perception of like what a muslim what muslim attire should be like a muslim garment for example so for a lot of us it's like well, you know, for men and women, there's like a certain picture that we have. And that is the Muslim attire. Yeah. Um, so let, if we start with that, before we get into like the cultural side of things, or maybe it does tie in, um, what exactly is like Islamic clothing or Muslim clothing? And is it as black and white and straightforward as we maybe think it is today?
1: So um, yes and no. So to really understand this... Uh you have to understand a broader issue and that is the sharia did not really come and you know right now we're speaking in in the context of clothing right so not applying it to things, even though it can technically apply to other things uh but um the sharia did not really come with specifics when it comes to clothing the sharia came with principles and guidelines why well because the sharia is not meant for one time or one place, right? Because if the sharia said, you know, you can wear a button-down shirt that is halal, for example. Well, in our time, that may be a popular type of clothing, but what about 100 years from now? Or what mm-hmm. about 200 years from now, where that style changes? And then, you know, that's no longer a relevant ruling. So the sharia instead came with principles and guidelines that can be applied in any time, any place, any culture. Uh, and so that is why it's really hard to say, like, this is Islamic clothing. Yes, the, the, we we have Islamic guidelines, we have Islamic principles. But even one of the exercises I do in my class, my seminar, is that I ask people to define what Islamic culture is. And there's so much khilaf on this issue, right? Someone says, oh, this is more Muslim, this is more Islamic. Um, the thawb versus the shalwar qamis, uh yeah. versus, um, you know, a, uh, the Malaysian cl- whatever right all of that from a from a from the perspective of the Sharia could be considered permissible but which is more Islamic well that goes back to your idea of what Muslim culture is mm-hmm. um, and so and so yeah so that's why I focus more uh, on the guidelines and principles once you understand those guidelines for example the aura needs to be covered right right mm-hmm. uh, the awra is defined, alhamdulillah, very clearly. Um, but what type of clothing covers that awra? Well, that's that goes back to the culture. A um, mm. principle we have in Islam uh, when it comes to our clothing is uh, imitation of the opposite gender. and gender. We're not allowed to imitate the opposite gender. That's a principle, right? Uh, we have uh, the hadith of Ibn Umar, I believe, where he said the Prophet, صلى <laughs> uh, <laughs> he, Prophet ﷺ, Rasulullah ﷺ, Prophet cursed, uh, men who imitate women and women who imitate men. And uh, in uh, Ibn Hajar in Fath al-Bari's explanation of this hadith, he says, so it is impermissible for a man to imitate women, uh, a woman or a woman to imitate uh, a man when it comes to clothing or beautification. He says, um, libas. He says, as for the what the clothing would actually look like, he said it would differ depending on the aada, the custom of every place. So in one environment, one place, what is considered feminine, feminine, and masculine may differ from, from another place. Um, and so those guidelines are there, but those guidelines are understood in the context of where we are living in the culture that, that we are living in. Um,
0: yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, it was really interesting. I mean, like, I'll, say this, fact... I'll
1: tell you this, by the way. Yeah, a on. lot of people don't like that answer because it's not clear cut. It's not like here, this is haram and this is halal. And a lot of people, that's what they want to hear. This thing you're wearing, that's haram. This thing you're wearing, that's halal. And so when you say, well, it depends on your culture, they're like, no, 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 no. That's too fluffy. That's too, you know, yeah. subjective. Like, our deen is clear. Yeah, it's it's clear. But also, it's it's uh, our deen. Uh, it, it is applied in the real world that we're living in. And the real world is a world is a complex world,
0: right? Mm. And I guess, like, with, with our deen or sharia, like, when it comes to things that are more in line with, like, the ritual, right? So, like, your prayer and your worship and your ibadat, I guess that's where it's a bit more kind of clear, right? Yeah. But then I guess with things like clothing and, you know, certain types of dishes or you know, cultural kind of practices, I guess that's where it, the Sharia can't just fix something because I guess it's for all of humanity, right? Um, and it's not it wasn't just for the Arabs or just for this kind of thing. Yeah. So I guess that's where I, I think you're right. I think may, maybe people just maybe wouldn't initially understand that concept. Um, but you said, like, it's so interesting, like, with different cultures, um, like you go to Saudi or you go to Malaysia and you go to Pakistan or you go to... You know, Mauritania, and it's like the clothing is different. Like, yeah. it's, it's very clearly different. Um, but yet, um, we could say that it's in line with what Muslims can wear or are allowed to wear. Um, and if anything, that's what each uh, individual or each group of people they identify themselves with um, in terms of their Muslim gear, right? Um, so, that in and of itself is different. I'll tell you what's even more interesting is like, we say, like, we, we're living in the West, right? You're in the U.S., I'm in the U.K., and even that differs so much. Like, what you guys are doing in the U.S., the language, the, you know, like, the clothing, and the, that differs so much. Like you might think, well, we must be very similar because we, we're, we're in the West, but actually, I wouldn't think so. Yeah. I'd go as far to say, like, even even among the circle of, like um, like, imams and scholars, for example, like, my personal observation is, correct me if I'm wrong, because i i have i've never actually visited the us but you've been to the uk so i think you you kind of should be able to relate to this so like among the imams and scholars of the uk um it's a, it's a lot more like straightforward like for us here in the uk if we see an imam or sheikh or scholar um they'll be wearing a certain particular type of clothing right they'll be like a thobe or a hat and et etc but when you go to the us um what i would say is that um because of the custom there you guys are a bit more kind of like i don't know what the i don't know what the term is but you're a bit more like accustomed to like fitting not i don't know if fitting in i don't know if i'm if i'm going around the right way right but like you will you will see chefs you, you will see chefs wearing suits and ties and shirts and trousers and that's perfectly acceptable but for us here it's still a bit of like an alien foreign kind of uh, concept so I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Like it's just sh- just showing you the the kind of differences.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, I've I come to the UK or I used to come to the UK quite a lot.
0: Yeah. Uh, and there's a
1: there is a very clear difference in the culture of, um, you know, scholars and and du'a speakers and whatever uh, between mm. the UK and and the US. Um, I've thought about this a lot, uh, you know I've considered this a lot. I think. Um, people in the UK, and obviously this is this is a generalization, right? So it doesn't apply to everyone. But in general, I think uh, immigrants in the UK have held on to their culture of back home a lot more yeah. than maybe those who immigrated to the US. And so mm-hmm. you see that reflected in the culture of Muslims living there. And so you will see, at least uh, what I noticed was that most religious figures or speakers or whatever, or imams, Scholars, they have a certain way of dressing, like the thobe, hmm. uh, the shalwakmis, as you said, your head covered or whatever, and that is part of the culture because that is actually what is expected uh, of of like the imam. And yes, right. in, in, in the United States, I mean, we do have places like that uh, that are more cultur- cultural, cultural, uh, but overall, I think that expectation is not there as much. And that's mm-hmm. why I'm actually very careful. Uh, my default, by the way, I mean, I tell people, you know, when I was living in Medina, I used to, I used to wear a thobe, you know, every day because that's the culture there and you're not supposed yeah. to wear something which is odd in that culture. Um, but, like, at home, like, I don't wear thobes and it's just, it's 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 weird for me to wear a thobe. Mm. Um, but if I'm going to a community for the first time, and especially if I'm invited to give the Jum'a khutbah, I will almost always uh, wear something wear a thobe or wear like a, a long camis or something like that because that is in general what is ex, ex, a lot of people have that expectation and spe- especially in the UK even mm-hmm. though that's not my culture it's not my culture culture I don't I don't walk around on a daily basis wearing a thobe like that doesn't happen yeah I wear t-shirts and trousers and you know that's just what I wear. But I know that people have this perception, they have, this is what they're used to, so I, um, as a precaution, you know, and people, obviously, they the first impression is very important. Uh, people judge you before, they, before your mouth ever opens, and especially the case when you're dealing with awam, you know, you get on the member, and people, before you say something, they'll be like, okay, so this guy is, you know, whatever, they'll make all these judgments, and <laughs> yeah. so... So yeah, and I, I I'll wear a thobe or I'll wear something that is considered part of that culture. What is expected from there? But mm-hmm. yeah, it is very different in, in the U.S.
0: Yeah, no, I think it's I think what you said was pretty much bang on. It's a very fair comment, um, and you know, not that there's anything wrong with either or, yeah. like in terms of what you guys are doing in the U.S. or what's happening in the U.K. with you know people wanting to wear thobes and. Hats, etc. I think that's all good. Yeah. I think uh, and that that's all fine. I think the the issue might arise when someone thinks that when you don't do it that way, that's it. Halas, like you are you are not Islamic or you are not considered to be. You know, you're not worthy of being so and so, and and you're judged based. I think that's where the issue is, isn't it? Yeah. Um, when it comes down, when it boils down to the clothing, um, which I think is is it's. Even us having this conversation right now, I still think it's a really tough one. Like, I still don't think we're, we're past it yet, like, especially here in the UK. I think people listening to this will be like, yeah, but I don't know. I don't know if these guys are, you know, what are they talking yeah. about? But honestly, I think it's a conversation that needs to be had. Um, and I think these are all really important concepts. Like, for example, we have this concept of modesty, yeah. right? Like, generally, you know, we are taught to be modest, yeah. um, not just in our clothing, but I guess in terms of character as well, right, um, and behavior. But I feel like today, like everybody wants to claim the modesty concept, like modest clothing is a thing now. And if you look at it, like you look at some modest clothing, you will be like, is that actually modest? And others will be like, you know, do you see what I mean? So there's a huge like kind of disparity there. So um, what is, you know, in Islam, uh, how would we kind of define just generally what the concept of modesty is? And I think this is a good starting point for a lot of people
1: yeah so look uh you know when you talk about modesty um first of all like i agree with you i think not only the concept of modesty but a lot of uh islamic concepts morals ideals have been hijacked by people for for their own Mm -hmm. agendas right and you know i hate to get all like controversial and stuff but you know there's a like two parties Will will claim to to own this you know whatever concept it may be. Uh, haya is one of them, right? So you have people, for example, and just to keep it real, uh, you have people who say who will go on the offensive when they and they, when they talk about Haya, they're like on the attack and they're like, look, these sisters online, look at them, you know, they're talking about Islam or whatever, but they're not wearing hijab or they're not wearing hijab properly or they're not whatever that level is or they're not wearing jilbab yeah. or whatever you know, however that goes. And mm. they'll say, "Look, so they're on that offensive, and that's their claim to hayat. Like you know, this is you know, um, and then you have. Uh, but when it comes to their their character, the, the way they they speak, uh, I, I, they, they, it lacks a sense of modesty, lacks a sense of uh, shame and, and shyness. And part of that, you can tell by their tongue, right, how they mm. speak to. It. So they'll they'll criticize a the sister for not, for example, for not um, being modest in her dress." But when they speak to her, they do not have that shyness and that shame, right? So they'll yeah. belittle her, they'll put her down or whatever. So they have claimed modesty for themselves. But the reality is that people pick and choose what benefits them from this concept. And yeah. modesty is, that's why modesty, when you said in the beginning, is, is not just clothing. Yes, that is a, a, that is a part of modesty. It's a very important part of modesty but but modesty is a is a much larger concept it it, it goes beyond just the physical right uh, it, and it it should impact our, our heart uh, and that's why we have that famous hadith you know ماشيت, that if you don't feel shyness or shame you know you don't this this haya is not there then do as you like and this is not just clothing this is Mm -hmm. behavior like if you're not ashamed of your behavior and and unfortunately we have people like that now they don't care about how they behave online right Mm -hmm. especially when it's done in the name of islam or in the name of commanding the good and forbidding the evil or whatever like they have no shame right so once again like that that aspect of modesty is missing um and and so so yeah so when i talk about modesty you know i'm very careful because i'm like look and, you know, in my my student base or people who are attending my seminar, I know that they all come from different life experiences. And yeah. some people, I mean, once again, keeping it real, they need to hear that modesty is dressing modestly, right? Mm. And then there are some people who got that covered, right? Alhamdulillah, like from in the way they dress, Alhamdulillah. But in terms of their character, um, they need to hear that you need to be modest. Some people in terms of their speech, so on and so forth. Uh, and that's why, you know... This is one of those topics that no matter how much time you spend on, it, I think we'd be lacking, you know, in, in yeah. true proper explanation of modesty because it is, it really does depend on who you're speaking to.
0: Mm. No, I'm, I'm really glad you've mentioned those points. And I think another aspect of this is like, you know, where people, so for example, you have someone who's just quite naturally. Confident like you mentioned you're 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 naturally like more of an introvert, right? Yeah, but you have people who are a bit more extroverted They're a bit more confident. You could say they're a bit more opinionated. Yeah um, And then what I've realized is, uh, you know when people come across uh, People who are just a bit more confident just naturally they think oh, you're not very you're not very modest or you're not very shy you're supposed to be shy all the time. You're supposed to look yeah. away all the time and speak quietly. And I think, again, there's this twisted understanding, right? Yeah. You know, especially, and I'll be, again, I'll be real. I'll say that, especially with sisters who just naturally are confident and they're opinionated. You know, yeah. brothers would be like, Astaghfirullah, you know, you you've got no haya, You're speaking, yeah. you're giving your opinion. You're like, yeah, she, she has the right to an opinion. Right. You know, that doesn't mean she doesn't have haya. So I think, again, I think there's so many. Elements, I don't know if you agree with me where we've kind of misunderstood Hayat yeah uh,
1: maybe not okay yeah but I think part of it is misunderstood but I think also mm. part of it is we have um taken parts of it and and left parts of it mm. right, we've, right. Yeah. we apply certain things and we don't apply apply others and yeah part of it is also a misunderstanding uh of, yeah. of Hayat.
0: yeah okay um, okay, fine. So we we, we, we sp- we're speaking about haya. Now let's let's just talk about let's talk about the general sunnah. Let's t- let's talk about the term sunnah, yeah. right? Uh, which uh, which you know, for example, uh, we we could you know someone could argue that you know what you're wearing is not from the sunnah. Uh, what you are wearing is from the sunnah. What you're wearing is more in line with the sunnah, and, and so on, right? Yeah. So I mean. When it comes to, I know you mentioned at the beginning that that you know Sharia didn't tell you what to wear exactly. There's yeah. guidelines, there's general guidelines. I mean, so I guess,
1: an Article of clothing, yeah.
0: Right, yeah. So I guess you've kind of answered it already, but still, just to just to understand this point here about yeah. clothing not being from the Sunnah, as in, are we are we taking the literal meaning of Sunnah here, meaning like what the Prophet sallallahu wore back in Arabia 1,400 years ago, like yeah. that clothing? if we don't wear it then that does that mean we're not following the sunnah or so how do we understand the sunnah in this context
1: yeah so that's the so you basically hit the nail on the head that's the first thing you do before you mm. before you ever like discuss or debate or whatever a concept with someone you have to d- define it right? right so we can argue all day long over whether something is sunnah or not but we're mm. not going to get anywhere until we first agree on what is the concept of sunnah and so, you know, the classic example, you know, I'm sure you've come across this as well, is it sunnah to grow, for a man to grow their beard, right? Right. And the answer is, it would, depends on how you're defining sunnah. So if you're defining sunnah as in, this is something the Prophet wasallam did, it is part of uh, the way he looked, uh, there's part of the way mm-hmm. uh, he kept himself, absolutely it is sunnah. But if you're... Yeah. Speaking from uh, from jurisprudence, if you're talking about the ruling of the beard, right, sunnah would mean that it is something which is recommended. It's hmm. mustahab, meaning you're rewarded for doing it. But if you don't do it, you're not sinful for that. So if you're looking at the ruling, we would say no, it's not sunnah. It is fard Right. Mm. Or according to the vast majority of scholars, right? I mean, that's another issue, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, according to all four Madahib and, you know, vast majority of scholars of Ahl Sunnah, mm-hmm. the beard is the ruling of it is that is followed. But is it also, is it Sunnah in the sense that it's something the Prophet did? Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Right. So anytime somebody says, is this Sunnah or not? I say, well, hold on. What do you mean by Sunnah? Is it something mm-hmm. Prophet did or are you talking about the ruling of it? So when someone says, like, you know, wearing a thobe is sunnah. I'm like, well, right. if you mean, did the Prophet ﷺ wear mm-hmm. a thobe like the Saudi thobe that we have today? No, it's not a sunnah. The Prophet didn't wear that, right?
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Actually, the closest clothing to what the Prophet wore, I would say, two cultures uh, the Bengali culture and the uh, Malaysian culture. Because the yeah. Prophet wore an izar, right? Uh, you know, and then you know, a, a bottom cover, uh, you know. What we some call lungi or whatever it may be. Lungi, yeah, yeah. Uh, You know, a sheet of cloth that's wrapped around the bottom portion. And actually, the a lot of times he would just have another piece of cloth that he would wrap around the top, the rida. Mm-hmm. Uh, but sometimes he would wear a kamis, right? Yeah. Which, if you look at the Bengali culture, the Malaysian culture, that's what they wear. So that is actually closest to the sunnah, as in the habit of the process, the culture of the process, right? But is it sunnah in the sense of look when somebody wears a thobe, they're going, I beyond they're 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 taking extra precaution to make sure that the shape of their awrah is not being shown. Yes, that is something praiseworthy. So from that sense, we would say, yeah, wearing a thobe is sunnah because you know it's like it's flowing, it's loose, and so yeah. it, it's 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 it's, it's uh, a person has even more of a sense of haya. Uh, because they want to make sure the the shape of their aura is not being shown, so we gotta yeah. we gotta define what we mean by by sunnah.
0: Yeah, I know you've made a lot of Bengalis and Malaysians yeah, exactly. happy right now. <laughs> They're gonna be like, "Yes, we've claimed, mashallah, the sunnah right now." Um, but no, it's 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 so interesting. Um, and let's let's okay. So so in terms of like we've spoken we we're, we're talking about here like modesty and sunnah and things like that. So in terms of uh, a sunnah. Uh, being presentable mm-hmm. again it's very vague right but being presentable is that would you say that is a Sunnah
1: so <laughs> yes absolutely we have numerous yeah. evidences uh, where we hear that um, taking care of oneself making an effort in the way we mm-hmm. dress and the way we look uh, absolutely this is something which is uh, Sunnah said uh, for example the hair right mm. uh, is taking care of your hair Sunnah. The Prophet Wasallam, he said, Man kana sha'ar that whoever has hair, meaning whoever grows their hair, which was a, a common practice for men at that time, that they would grow their hair long. The Prophet said whoever grows their hair, meaning makes it long, they should they should honor it, right? How? And then the companions they they said we would after hearing this narration, this hadith, we would comb our hair multiple times a day. We would put oil in our hair, make sure our hair is." looks nice and neat and so on and so forth Hmm. um and so yeah absolutely uh it is sunnah but as you said it's a bit of a vague concept right because what is considered taking care of yourself can differ from place to place culture to culture generation to generation even to right our Mm. parents idea and versus our idea can affect what is considered uh you know taking care of yourself and looking nice and so on and so forth
0: yeah yeah and i guess you know, for some people they they may you know they may understand presentable to mean like, oh, you have to be professional all the time and smart all the time and make so much effort. But actually it just, you know, like taking care of yourself. Yeah. Um, it doesn't it's not really on that level, you know. Yeah. And, and and I guess it depends on the setting as well, right?
1: Yeah. I mean look, I usually say like look, wherever you're living, right? <clears throat> if you go to the let's say you go to the supermarket or you go wherever, right? Will the average person look at you and say, wow, this person does not take care of themselves, right? Mm -hmm. Like they look messy, you know, like who knows when they showered, they're just like bummed, right? Or do they look at you and say, okay, you know, uh, they are obviously clean and and showered and they smell Mm -hmm. nice and, you know, their clothes are decent and and nice. And so in the culture that we're living in, how do do the vast majority of people perceive us? That yeah. is kind of what we're what we're going for. And I, I remember subhanAllah, uh, you know, at least here in the States, and I, I understand this may not apply to other cultures, um, but uh, you know, we have uh, like Jumu'ah, for example, obviously COVID is different, but before COVID, we have so many masajid in the area, you know, every masjid has like multiple Jumu'ahs and and there's always a, a shortage of, of khatibs for, for Jumu'ah And sometimes people give khutbas who are not like super qualified or whatever, mm. and um you know, someone just shows up to, to give the, the Jummah khutbah. And I always, like, I like it really bothers me when someone comes and they look, like, disheveled and messy or whatever. And I'm like, look, I don't care what you wear, right? You can wear a suit and tie. You can wear a thobe. You can wear kameez, But whatever you're wearing, make sure it's nice. Like, if you're going to wear mm. a shirt, make sure it's, like, not a dirty shirt. <laughs> make sure, like, if you can iron it, iron it. Like, it should have looked like you just rolled yeah. up out of bed and you came, right? Mm. And so... Especially that, on Juma especially on Jum'ah, especially if you're the yeah. man, especially if you're giving the khutbah
0: <laughs> yeah 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 exactly um, so look with this uh, the reason why i brought this up is because again there's this um, th- there's there's some muslims who may think that the more pious uh, and practicing you become the less you should take care of yourself because at the end of the day hey you know zuhud and taqwa right like you know we're, we're not we're not we don't care about the dunya we're like we're focused on our akhirah um, so so others. So there's some that may actually misunderstand completely and be like, yeah, you know, what, I don't need to take care of myself. Like, what's the point? Um, you know, I, I, I read stories about Sahaba and, you know, great, uh, you know, uh, men from the Salaf who like they had patches on their clothing, you know, oh, yeah. and like they didn't they, they didn't care about these things. So how would how would you kind of answer to that? So they had
1: patches on their clothing, not because they took their nice clothes and threw them in the garbage. That's not yeah, why they yeah. had
0: patches on their clothing.
1: They had patches on their clothing because that is all they had, right? Mm. Uh, we have numerous statements from, from scholars uh, amongst them. Um, al Hassan al-Basri ta'ala who said, Zuhd does not mean wasting what Allah has given to you. Meaning Allah has blessed you with something, the ability to wear like clean and, you know, not ripped clothes. doesn't mean you go throw that away, right? Um, and and Zuhd is something that is found in the heart, and so mm-hmm. yeah, there were companions who had, were dressed like that because that's that's all they had. It's not like they took their nice stuff and they threw it in the garbage, you know, wasting what Allah has uh, has given to someone. Um, mm-hmm. So so that needs to be understood. Uh, even the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and that is the best example. Obviously. The Prophet If you look at his life, he he didn't have much from the dunya, very very little, um, but. Why is it because he he um, he 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 had all this wealth and and he he abandoned it he wasted it no it's because that is the lifestyle that Allah had given to him and actually we have numerous narrations of the Prophet uh, seeking refuge in Allah from poverty Allahumma inni a'udhu al he would say Oh Allah I seek refuge in you from poverty Allahumma inni a'udhu fitnat al Oh Allah I seek refuge in you from the trial the trials of of poverty from the evil that comes from being poor right because that's an it's a test from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and so that is the lifestyle that that they were that they were given um Mm. and so we also have companions we also have those from the salaf we also have the early generations who dress nice and look nice and and in my seminar i actually give examples of some of the salaf that who wore very expensive clothes right why because it was something that is part of their lifestyle something that they could they could uh, afford uh, even when we're talking about um israf right extravagance mm-hmm. extravagance depends it's relative relative to each person right yeah so for someone who is really wealthy for them to go buy like a hundred dollar or a hundred pound shirt um if they can easily afford it for them it's not considered israf. but for a brother who's struggling to put food on the table Right, and then they go spend a, a you know a hundred quid right on a shirt, yeah. and that would be considered uh, israf. Mm-hmm. And so and so we you know once again you know this is one of those issues, another one of those issues. People often pick and choose. And by the way, I don't, I want to be fair here. It happens on both sides. Um, you know, uh, Prosser Adam said uh, simplicity is 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 from Islam as well, right? And mm-hmm. so some people are like, no, you have to wear the most expensive and the most fashionable stuff or whatever. Well, that's going in the, in the other direction. We do mm. the best with what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given to us, right? Uh, and that's yeah. why I actually, in my seminar, I'm very careful that before we get into all this stuff, we actually talk about hubba dunya, right? Making sure mm. that our hearts are not a, become slaves to the dunya. Uh, we talk about uh, body image and self-esteem, right? Mm. Because, you know, it's a problem right now. A lot of young people, they compare themselves continually to people online, and it, and, it, and it damages their self-esteem. It damages their, their self-worth. It damages, like, their body image, right? Because yeah. you go online, everybody looks amazing. Everybody's driving mm-hmm. the nicest cars and they have the nicest clothes and they have the, the clearest face, right? The most contoured makeup or whatever it may be. Yeah. And then you look at yourself in the mirror and you're like, whoa, you know, I don't match mm-hmm. up. And so, you know, once again, like, these topics need to be understood Um in in a holistic fashion, not just you know one one issue uh, at a time. And that's why, by the way, uh, I I severely dislike discussing these issues online, mm. because you know you're just dealing with a very limited perspective. You don't have time to to bring all the bring a lot of context to these issues, right? People online yeah. is it halal or haram? That's it, right? And yeah. They don't have time to get it. And if it you know if I agree with you, great. If I disagree with you, we're gonna have an argument. And that's mm-hmm. why if you you know I'm sure. You might have noticed, if you've seen me online, and other people may have noticed, I very rarely discuss fiqh issues online. Because I just don't think it's a fruitful discussion. But for me, if you want to discuss those issues, let's discuss it in an academic environment where we have the time to dialogue. We have the time, like, I want to hear you out, right? I want to hear about your life experiences and why you think certain the certain matter is Islamically bad. Let's have this discussion where we can bring the evidences we can we can empathize with one another right how do you empathize yeah. with somebody when you're mm. online right you're behind mm. a screen you're behind a screen name you're behind you know some you know, whatever name you you picked for yourself uh, there's there's no empathy, empathy there subhanallah
0: yeah no you have to you have to be willing to definitely you have to be willing to hear out the other side and i think you're right um, there's with with some of these discussions i don't i just don't think it's it's worth getting into um, yeah. online but, if you would ask you me, know. I would
1: say the vast majority of these discussions, <laughs> but you know, I I may be that maybe yeah, some people think that's too much, but that's my opinion. I think the yeah. vast majority of discussion discussions that take place online are are without any fruit. Because yeah. you know, it's about your ego, it's about proving the other person wrong, it's about mm. yeah, that that's it, right? So mm. I, I personally I, I try my best to stay out of it any type of the discussion and i know some people don't like it they're like you know but no no i genuinely want to know i'm like okay i understand but it's just it, for me it's not it's not worth it come come attend my seminar come talk to me come up to me at a <laughs> yeah. convention like whatever i'm game you know even if you think yeah, yeah. i'm the most misguided person in the world right come speak to me alhamdulillah and i will i will talk to you but let's let's talk in person
0: yeah absolutely you know with i guess you know it's all feeding in with our discussion like social media is big thing right Um, and like you said, youngsters constantly, I mean, the stats don't lie, the usage of social media, you've got your Instagram, Snapchat, you know, TikTok, which I think is it banned now in the U S or something like that.
1: I don't, I don't think so. Not yet. Not uh, yet. yet. Okay. We're we're a free country, man.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So look, you've got, you've got all of these apps, right. And you know, majority of the users, we know like the age range, right? Like these are extremely young individuals. Um, and, um you know, it's all about appearance these days. Like everything we're talking about right now, um, appearance and all of these things, like that's what it's about today. Like you will be judged straight away. And I guess it's all about, you know, putting out your most perfect self on the internet, right? Yeah. So I just really quickly, I know it's like a whole discussion in and of itself, but just really quickly, I feel like it's important. Is like, say I'm like a young Muslim, Muslimer and, you know, I'm just... I'm just struggling with, like, my self-esteem, yeah. um, you know, I'm looking online and I guess there's two aspects to this. One is just personally, like, you know, I'm, I'm dealing with my self-esteem. And the second is, like, spiritually as well, like, you know, it's not cool to be Muslim today, you know, even though technically, if you look at the fashion world today, there's a lot of things like beards and, you know, stuff like that. But let's just say, look, it's it, especially for, like, sisters, you know, wearing a hijab and so on, like, that's not really the fashion. You know, you want to be out there looking cool. So, I guess there's two angles to it. Like, how does a young Muslim or Muslima kind of overcome that?
1: Look, um, just to be cut and dry, to cut to the point, you know, one of the pieces of advice that I give is if social media, your social media, if your feed, if your timeline is a source of anxiety for you, if it is a source of. Um, negativity, if it's a source of depression, if it if it's affecting your life, just stop, right? And I, and I know, like, people don't want to hear that. They don't want, like, what do you mean? Just stop, you know? I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. at the very least, unfollow people, right? Unfollow the <clears throat> vloggers and the fashion models and the even even if they're Muslim, even like the 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 uh, you know the hijabi vlogger, makeup, whatever artist, whatever it is, right? If it's affecting your self esteem, if it is affecting your self worth, unfollow. Like get get on, get that off your timeline, um, mm-hmm. get it off your feed, and instead, like I always tell, especially my young sisters, I always tell them, instead, look around you, right? And I did this um, at a at a at a conference once where I said, okay, I want the sisters to look around, look at each other, look at how people re- look in real. This is real life. How many people here can say they have a supermodel body? How many people can say they have a flawless skin? How many people can say, like, their hijab is just perfect? And this That's not real life, you know? Mm. And so just look around. And same for the brothers, by the way. Brothers fall victim to this as well, right? We mm. have, um, you know, uh, fitness models, right? <laughs> fitness models and this and and celebrities or whatever it may be. And we look at that and we judge ourselves and we're constantly putting ourselves down as well. And, and sometimes for the brothers, it's even, it's even uh, worse because nobody talks about the brothers. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, it's about the sisters. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the the sisters are dealing with this, which they are, but uh, at least a sister may have an outlet. She may Mm -hmm. be able to turn to other people and say, but a brother's like, Hey, you're a man. Like what's the big deal. Right. Mm -hmm. But brothers deal with this and, and more and more it's becoming common for brothers as well. And so I'm like, just stop unfollow like get rid of this get rid of and you know and that's something I, I i i it's not just something that i preach i try to live that as well all my social media almost all my social media uh i don't okay so my on my instagram um i don't follow anyone on my instagram except my own uh my clothing line other than my clothing line <laughs> yeah um why and some people think like oh who does he think he is right he doesn't follow anybody and i get that all the time like where's my follow back or or whatever it may be he thinks he's better than us no i don't i don't think i'm better than you i don't think i'm more important than you i just don't want to see all that stuff i know it's not good for me i don't want to all that drama and and all that kind of stuff. like it's not good for me likewise my facebook i have my facebook page right i have a facebook account you know i have tons of people that i added a while ago and you know but I never go and look at my Facebook. Uh, what is it called? Timeline. My
0: feed, timeline feed, and timeline.
1: Feed. Yeah. My, my face. I never, cause I know, like, you go down that rabbit hole, and there's not, you're not, you're not coming out of it. You know, one mm. discussion leads to another discussion. One, and every day there's a new controversy, right? Especially in the, in the Muslim, you know, as I say on Muslim Twitter, yeah, there's something new every. <laughs> so how spent hours and hours and mm. hours and hours. And so Facebook, same thing. I'm on. I post on my page because I know people like to benefit. I'm out. The only place where I think uh, I've fallen short is uh, Twitter. Mm. And that's because I started following people. Honestly, that, that's what it was. And for me, uh, a lot of it happened, uh, you know, when the Black Lives Matter thing was was going on and I just wanted to just stay informed. And so I started following all these people. And then now I'm like seriously regretting it, right? <laughs> and like, I just, and so I'm trying my best. Like I get on my phone, I'll tweet something and then I'll immediately like remind myself, like, do not, like hit the thing where you can see your, your timeline because yeah. it's not it's not good for me i know it's like i'm just gonna get stuck in this and you know and it's just it's in so many ways it's not good for me i was actually considering you know benio ben okay, i can you don't tell anyone i said this <laughs> but i was considering unfollowing everybody on twitter like yesterday or the day before and i was like is it worth it i know like people are gonna get offended or whatever yeah. so i'm like for, so right now i'm like i'm just not gonna check it You know, but that fitna that you know, that temptation is always there. So, allah Allah, we'll see.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, but it's honestly like I know what you're saying is a lot. Like you said, a lot of people don't want to hear it, but it's it's literally as simple as that. Like you are, you are the company that you keep. You are, you know, what you, you know, literally. It's called the funny thing is, it's called a feed. Like you're literally feeding yourself that negativity. That's the funny thing, so So it's like, yeah, I mean, if you know, like you said, if that is what you are consuming every single day, then how can you even be surprised when that's how it's affecting you spiritually even? Like it is affecting people spiritually as well. So no, I'm, you know, I think, I think that's a fair piece of advice. I think it's a very um, solid piece of advice. I think a lot of, you know, youngsters, inshallah, just need to focus on Um, as we're coming to the to the end of the discussion um, you know I wanted to you know we've been we've been speaking a lot about the outward um, and the appearance which I think is like it's it's an important discussion we've we've hit some really important points here Um, but also I think you know ultimately in Islam you know correct me if I'm wrong but the focus is more of course on the inner um, and you know focusing on like your heart and spirituality um, and yeah I mean the outward it's there, like, it's a reality, you have to deal with that every day. Um, but, you know, we have to ultimately work on ourselves, right? Yeah. Um, so, I, you know, I did want to kind of end more on that note. Um, and I guess, like, you know, what you were saying before, like, brothers and sisters, we have the struggle with the outward, right? Like, yeah. you know, that, that, that struggle is real. I guess the focus always does tend to go more on the sisters, because every time, like, you, you you use the word, like, modesty, then it's always, like, the hijab and yeah. that debate comes up. Um, and it's never really anything more than that. But like today, we've we've clarified that you know what, it is about character and behavior as well. Not that like you said, Sheikh, like the other the other stuff, the outward is very important still as Muslims. Yeah, we can't ignore that. We're not we're not like undermining it. But there's a balance to this uh, yeah. discussion as well. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think you know, um, character and things like that. I think is just as important, which maybe isn't discussed a lot. So I feel like it's a good chance to kind of touch on that right now. Um where would you say the balance is now um where, where where is that how can a muslim find that balance
1: yeah and I, so that's exactly it i think what you said at the the last thing you said is where it's at balance it's it's mm-hmm. not more the inner or more the outer or whatever mm-hmm. it's about finding that that balance and and we do see examples of people who fall into a, a, an extreme in on both sides of people who are like only the inner Right? Don't worry about your yeah. outer, like, you know, whatever, like, kharas. And then there's people who are like, only the outer, like, you know, whatever. It's all about the, the rules and, and the, mm. the ahkam and it's all, that's it. And then, you know, and the key really is balance. Um, and so that is what we are constantly in search for. And it's very interesting, subhanAllah, um, you know, that, that is actually a lifelong struggle. That is why in every single prayer, subhanAllah, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to guide us Ihdina sirat al got us to this straight path. Uh, one, of the, uh, one of the meanings of the straight path is the balanced path, the middle path, wasatiyyah, uh, right? To be balanced. Mm-hmm. That's why we actually, even in Surah Al Fatiha, we mentioned two extremes. Not this, not that, meaning in the middle, right? We want to be balanced. And so this is not something that you just solve overnight and you say, I'm done, I'm balanced. I think anybody who says, I'm the perfect example of balance, I'm like you have fooled yourself or the shaitan has fooled you because yeah. it's not something you solve, it's something we continually work towards and that is why there's always that push and pull, you know, especially when it comes to tarbiyah Yeah, mm. I mean, we see somebody going in one direction, we pull them in the other direction we see them going in the other direction, we pull them in the other direction there may be someone who is focused too much on the on the external and we remind them of the heart uh, and there may be somebody who thinks the, the heart is the only thing and, and nothing else should ever matter and we say, no, look, you know, you're, you're in the end of the day, our actions are what we're going to be judged upon. Yes, it the, the heart is the, the first condition, but also our, our actions have to follow. And we're only going to reach the level of ihsan when we find that we find that balance. Um, and so yeah, absolutely. I mean, the heart, uh, it without a doubt, it begins with the heart, it 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 comes from the heart, you know, the prophet the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Uh, hadith I'm sure many people have heard <laughs> certainly in the body there is a piece of meat or a piece of flesh if it is okay then the whole body will be okay if it is ruined, if it's messed up then the whole body will be messed up <laughs> certainly that's the heart right? so we want to take care of our heart so that our limbs and our actions uh, they follow and that's why uh, for my students I always recommend um, you know, a lot of about taking account of yourself and asking yourself, like, what is the state of my heart? And then mm-hmm. also taking account of our actions, you know? Yeah, we work on our spirituality, our iman, our heart. But then we also got to question ourselves, do, do my actions follow through, right? I'm talking all this good talk, but do I pray my five daily prayers on time? And if not, then there's something wrong. Then the, the, mm-hmm. the process of purification, obviously, that I've been going through, there's something wrong with it, right? I, I, th- I thought I was working on my heart. A lot of times, people think they're working on their heart, but they're not. You know, it's just mm-hmm. a way to get around fulfilling our obligations. You know, keeping it real. Um, mm-hmm. But and that comes, as I said, with mm-hmm. muhasabah. <laughs> it's an yeah. ongoing struggle, uh, which I'm I'm not immune to it. I don't think anybody, as I said, anybody who says like they're immune to it, they're perfectly balanced, they've made it, they're the one. Like you gotta, you gotta, you gotta be careful uh, listening to that type of person. May Allah, may Allah guide us, may Allah
0: protect us. I mean, I mean, I mean and to be honest with you i don't i don't even like i don't even want to ask any other questions because i feel like that <laughs> i don't, i just want to end <laughs> with that because, because honestly i think alhamdulillah that is that's a great <clears throat> kind of response that's, that's something that we can all inshallah benefit from and implement um, and i think you know we've we've discussed mashallah like a lot of interesting things today uh, and it was really good discussion points but i think ultimately what you just said there i think is really and and that word balance i think we can all take away from um, so, Jazak Lakhay, Sheikh Saad, it's oh been an God. absolute pleasure. Thank you for joining us once again. Thank you. Um, and, uh, you know, hopefully next time you can actually come to the studio in the UK. Inshallah. It's been a it's been while, awesome.
1: man. I, I didn't think I yeah. I, I didn't think I could miss the UK, but I actually <laughs> missed the UK.
0: <laughs> well, you know, I didn't expect you to say that either, but alhamdulillah. <laughs> no, Jazak Sheikh, thank you. Uh, wishing you all the best, and inshallah, see you soon. Um, And uh, to all of our Ilmfeed viewers and listeners, we hope you enjoyed today's podcast episode with Sheikh Saad. Inshallah, check out his work um, and be sure to uh, subscribe to our channel as well for upcoming podcast episodes. Inshallah. Uh, From your host Shabir, from Sheikh Saad, we will see you next time. Take care of yourselves. Keep safe. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.